0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Dear soul, so good that you're here. Today I'm able to share a conversation I had with Rachel Allen and we've been trying to do this for quite a long time and I'm so happy we finally were able to connect and see each other over Zoom. Rachel lives in England and we had such an amazing talk about the healing habit of dancing and also reframing dancing to movement with music because we also talk about the shyness and the shame of quote-unquote dancing and Rachel has some amazing insights on bridging the mind and the heart. And she gives us some example straight from the HeartMath Institute, which we'll also then link in the show notes. So I'm really encouraging you to stay on because I really think um, there's lots of diamonds in our conversations. Before we jump over to the conversation, I would like to give you a little bit more background on Rachel. She worked for many years in various versions of a corporate career. And in 2010, she had an existential crisis uh, that started a journey of questioning and exploring how to have a great life and a great career. And as with many of us, (laughs) you know, when crisis hits, it also leads us on a path that got her unstuck. And after many decades, how she says of seeking truth, coaching training, An experience incorporating Eastern spiritual practices. She learned how to live from the heart, follow her gut instinct and commit to enjoying this life. And today she helps other people to do the same. She helps to empower leadership from a place of purpose, power and peace and she bridges conscious actions through human skills, working with mindset, embodiment and emotional intelligence, as well as including spiritual practices to transform our relationship to ourselves and to others. And together with her clients, she gets to the heart of the matter and to then move into action so that we can influence positive change in the world. And every morning she dances like nobody's watching. And she's been doing this for three years. And in our conversation, she tells us how it came about. And she's also a podcast host and her podcast is called 4040. And in our conversation, you will hear about the number 40 I asked her about that and why 40 and you also hear about her favorite tea (laughs) and so I encourage you if you're not driving grab a tea and enjoy this conversation between Rachel and I thank you Well, Rachel, um, it is really good to see you, even though we've not seen each other in person, but we've seen each other on social media and we've had a few emails exchanged. We have a mutual friend and I'm so excited for you to be on the podcast. So thank you for taking your time.
1: Oh, my absolute pleasure. I'm so excited uh, to be here for us to actually meet, kind of. Uh i know it's electronically hopefully we'll do that in person sometime as well but um it's funny isn't it how you can see someone across social media and yes. think of her like a sister in yes,
0: totally. and um, finally be here together it's
1: mm-hmm. thanks yeah.
0: for me. <laughs> so we just Before I think, before I hit record, I think we talked about the stars, (laughs) that there is something (laughs) in the stars. (laughs) Without going into too much of astrology, but what star sign are you? Uh, I'm Gemini Mm -hmm. Um,
1: with Libra rising Mm -hmm. and a Leo moon. Thank you. So yes. um, I'm ruled by Mercury that has just gone into retrograde, which is probably why my website went down today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it will be back very soon. Even though Mercury is retrograding for a little while. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite season? Ooh, good question.
1: It's either spring or autumn, if I was to choose. I think I'd go spring I love new beginnings and just the smell of spring as the light changes you see the new shoots coming up from the soil there's like a kind of potential in spring that I love yeah
0: there is there is this potential in this I feel right now there is this this hope in the air for a really amazing summer, you know, and that's like every spring there's this like, oh yes, it's going to be this amazing yeah. summer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> what is always in your fridge?
1: Ooh, oat milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's changed actually because I'm on a funny diet at the moment, but um, so I have sauerkraut.
0: <laughs> you
1: make your own? No, I'd love to make my own. We're actually only talking today about how to make yoghurt using pine needles. No, so pine cones, which is interesting, but that's not in my fridge (laughs) yet. (laughs) Yes, oat milk is always in my fridge and cow's milk, even though I don't drink it. Mm -hmm. uh, Because if someone comes over for tea, I always want to offer them a decent cuppa.
0: Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last kind of icebreaker question before we go into our topic today, what book is on your nightstand right now?
1: Oh, do you know, I even brought it with me. It's really funny. So I have this book here, which is called The Web of Meaning by Jeremy Lent. And it's a book about integration between science and traditional wisdom. So it's kind of a cross between spirituality and science. So... Mm. I've only just started it so I watched this space but I'm very excited
0: I'm excited I think to my, my this is it's the problem because I ask my guests what book they have on their nightstand <laughs> <laughs> my list of books gets like longer and
1: longer I know I know if only there was a way we could absorb all this information like somehow overnight that would be great wouldn't it <laughs> So what do you, sorry, what do, what's your book on your nightstand at the moment then?
0: I have a few. Mm-hmm. I have, um, uh, it's actually about um, inner child. Um, it's a German title. So that's on, on my nightstand. And I'm also just, it's not really a book, but it's more like a course that I'm reading in bed right now about therapeutic journaling. Mm. And I have a book by peter levine because mm-hmm. I'm in somatic experiencing training right now so yeah and then there's a few more but i think that's that's the one which i'm like circling right now great sounds brilliant yeah so before we jumped on i and, and i told you already i did a little bit of dancing because you are <laughs> the queen of dancing and, a bit, and in terms of the queen of dancing because of the healing aspect and the, yeah, the healing aspect of dancing. So that's what I would love to talk to you about today. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And um, how did you start that ritual? And we will talk about ritual a little bit more, but how, how did that start for you? I am.
1: Well, there's a story, of course. <laughs> yes, love stories. Tell exactly. us a story. So, just to be really clear, so thank you for calling me the queen of dancing. I'm <laughs> going to take that and like hold that close to me as an accolade. Um, and I have never been a dancer. So, um, you know, many of us as children went to ballet, tap, and modern. I never did that. I always felt super awkward in my body. And as a child, I was really chubby and just, I don't know, never really felt comfortable. I've never really felt comfortable in my own skin at all. Like, I felt like this body is a strange thing that I've been inhabiting. And so the whole process of dancing every day came about through a number of kind of pretty dark moments, if I'm honest. I um, It was... June 2019 I think when I started and I'd realized that I'd been getting out of bed I'd really been struggling to get out of bed every day Um, and I was feeling super down like I could do my work but broadly I was not so enchanted with life and um, I was feeling pretty miserable and, you know, my work is about um, really engaging with having an alive life, yet I wasn't feeling very alive. I'd Earlier that year, I'd had a miscarriage, a subsequent relationship breakdown, and I was kind of in this existential crisis, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of going, like, who am I? What's my role as a woman? And I feel um, like, excuse the language, but I felt like shit, like I felt pretty bad. And so I... I was like, I've got to do something, and um, I'd recently read James Clear's James Clear's book mm-hmm. um, Atomic Habits yeah. earlier in the year, yeah. and the power of having a daily habit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I just sat down and I thought about like, what do I love that could make me feel good, and and I literally was like. I actually love to dance like nobody is watching. I don't really love it when people are watching, but I really, you know, in my 20s, I really used to love that dance floor, maybe a few wine fields, crazy dances. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) I've got to do something. So I know a morning ritual is really a great foundation stone to how you set up the rest of the day. I know from James Clear that keep uh a, a, a habit small and achievable and something that you can access every day and attach it to something that you already do uh, and i i need to move my body because it changed i know from a kind of chemistry and science perspective it changes what's going on inside plus i actually feel great so so that's how it started was kind of a commitment really to shifting my emotional state. Yeah. Um, and also a commitment to finding some way of life
0: being easier. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you just answered, of course, my next question because I was curious what shifted for you and you you already, you know, like you you notice how something shifts with your emotions, right? And I think, you know, I know that for myself, like if i'm if I do some body work, I'm gonna say, you know, movement um I feel different yeah obviously physically but also emotionally however dancing has a whole other (laughs) whole other level to that and I wonder what it is that you know you know I I'm I'm a yoga teacher I, I, I love to go for walks with my dog in the nature and they all have their magic and I love it but there's something about dancing Mm -hmm. maybe it is that that thing of like you know where be like really young and go to like I don't know but what is it for you like what do you think is the well let's reframe dancing
1: to movement to music as one like one part of it because I think sometimes when we say dancing immediately we start to think oh we have to move in a certain way and so I love, I, think, I love that you say that yes so you know like when we shift from dancing to movement I think what that does is that starts to enable us to kind of listen inside and kind of almost find how the music engages and hits us and so we can then move from there so
0: um I've forgotten your question <laughs> <laughs> no it is really good and it's okay I think you answered the question or we're we going somewhere but I think music is a really big aspect of it. And I think I love what you say in terms of the reframing because, and you already said at the beginning, when you said, you know, you were never like the the girl who went to ballet and that you have like a dance background or anything. And I think this is really, really important because I also do think that there is a lot of shyness or even shame around Mm -hmm. the quote unquote dancing. So I love that you're saying, you know, it's, it's movement and really putting on a song and seeing what movement, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this morning, <laughs> because you're using it as a morning practice, is the body wanting to
1: express yeah definitely definitely well maybe if i kind of backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. when i decided to do the dancing every day there were a kind of few things that i decided to put in place okay um the first was that i wanted to choose songs that made me happy there's lots of songs out there that don't make me happy yeah. so i started my own kind of list and then thought well do you know what i'm going to go out to 40 women i know and just ask all of them like what's your joy song um I'm making a playlist, I need to shift my mood, what's your song, let me know. And so that started the process. And then from there, when I played the song, and so my routine was, I'd get out of bed, go straight and sit down and meditate. And and I have to say, I was really desperate at the time. Like I was like, I feel really down. So I was like, I am moving. (laughs) I will get out of bed and I will only sit on that seat for 20 minutes and meditate. And then I'd get out, get up and then go straight over to dance. So there was no room for excuses along the way. Right. And then when I pressed the play on the song, I hadn't listened to it before, but I knew whose song it was. And I knew it was their joy song. And so as I started to listen and feel the song inside me, I would intend for joy. I was like, they feel joy. So I'm going to feel joy too. And so in that process, it's not just like a movement or a dance. It's intentional. Like we're moving to a place of going, I want to feel something different here. So that was like that was the process and then at the end of it um, I'd, I'd recorded it like I because I wanted to keep myself accountable, which is another part of the habit forming process. So you want to do something that's like a checkbox every day. So I started filming myself, moving um, and then of course, like I'm sure many of your listeners will probably nod alongside as soon as I watched back that film, my inner critic just rose up and was like, Look at you, look at you, you 40 something women who, why are you dancing and filming yourself dancing? And look at your big bum and look at your wrinkles and you can't move and all of this kind of just super negative voice that um, I had been crippled by and had been crippled by pretty much my whole life. Um, and in that moment, I, just was like um no mm. no I've had enough no I am trapped by this voice and I'm trapped by how I feel and no more I'm not having this I'm posting this I'm going to be terrified <laughs> yeah we're pulling faces here like I'm I'm terrified and I'm just gonna let it go like it doesn't matter and I posted it and I like I think I probably cried a bit on the first day (laughs) and as the days went on it became easier and the critics still there in many ways but just a lot quieter so that was kind of the process of like how I got dancing but also like the practicalities of like how it moved it moved through and I didn't know where it was going to take me right we're what three years later now (laughs) (laughs) and when I started it I was fully like I just need to feel better today (laughs) so um it moved in a direction that I fully didn't expect and I'm so I'm not surprised now but at the time um was so surprised that people found it interesting and something that they might want to engage with too and and like what
0: What you just described and your experience with it, there's so many different layers, and that's why I love the whole like overarching topic of the healing power of it. Yeah. Because you know just hearing the voice, the inner critic, and say like, no, Hmm. thanks, but I've heard you enough and now is enough. though isn't it because you kind of it's so easy to get caught up
1: and go like oh hello here we are again we're having this conversation which is a load of negative self-talk and we can psychoanalyze it till the cows come home
0: or we can just say stop it yeah stop it yeah and it's also I mean I don't know you say it's um it got easier over time Mm -hmm. how is it now for you Three Uh huh. Well, I, I love it in
1: an entire. What? Well, let's think. Yes, I still have that voice that when I post a video goes, "Your bum looks big today, Rach." <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I do have a big round bum, <laughs> and wow. I and I love it. Right, but there
0: we go. You know, right. But, there we go. It's a reframing as well. But, What's wrong with a big butt? It's great, right? It's funny, like. but I also think like,
1: it's so easy to be defined by these cultural norms rather than embrace the body, this incredible human body that we get to experience life through. And I think that how it's changed, and I've got loads of things that I can share with you about like with the shifts that I've personally experienced. But I think that um, now when I post it, I go, wow, like today you're moving more freely or, um, and I just don't, I actually genuinely don't care. Like if you watch it or don't watch it, it doesn't matter to me, but what it does, what does matter to me is that it's a commitment to, uh, inner peace and to fulfillment, not only for me, but for everyone. And I do kind of feel like if we look at quantum field theory and some of the new kind of thinking around physics that when you send good vibes out like and you commit to feeling good vibes actually something shifts around you and and when I send you you just told me your song which we've got Michael Franti Sound of Sunshine which you just danced to when I send it to you I believe somehow you might receive something along the airwaves from me
0: what Absolutely. And I also do think that, you know, if I, and I mean that, that literally happened, right? Like, Oh, I see Rachel dance on social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. Let me dance too. And then look what happened to me. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm like, this is fun. This is great. I feel, you know, and so there's an, a shift, like there's like a ripple effect. Right. So then, um, it's also really nice to like energetically and quantum field have this connection, but also be like, get inspired and be inspiring, you know, and not, not even like, you know, pedestrian or whatever way, but just like, Hey, this is cool. This is fun. This feels, you know, what a good idea kind of thing. You know, and I think that's the thing, isn't
1: it? Fun, like fun and play. And I think, sometimes when we as adults we seem mm-hmm. to somehow like decondition this play aspect and this yeah. kind of natural enjoyment and this kind of letting go and feeling free inside ourselves and so why not have fun mm-hmm. why not just enjoy why what we, you know even for 5 minutes a day and really that's a lot of what this is about is um if I was to, sorry, was my something was buzzing in here. So I'll say that again. Um, like if I think about what a daily dance does for me and what I hear it does for so many other men and women that are out there that are dancing too, like it. It's an intentional five minutes of feeling good in a world which is so chaotic. Yes, <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 so many of us are yearning to just feel good, even for a moment. And this is not to say that there aren't big things happening in the world, but if we if we get completely sucked into all of this bigness, we we lose our center, and so by cultivating. A feeling of good every day, we get to, we actually get to be more available to live our lives more fully.
0: Yeah, and I think we can cope with the big things. Yes, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you also talk about the the bridging between head and heart, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I would love to talk a little bit more what that means for you. Yeah. Okay so
1: I mean I don't know about you but I spent a lot of time in my head mm. a, lot, a lot of time in my head you know I, <laughs> if we track it back to school it was always about like being like the straight A student or whatever that would be and um, really like kind of being detached from the rest of rest of my body and um, you know It's with this brain space that we live within, or many of us spend a lot of time in, is intelligent and helps us stay alive in many ways. But there is so much more to us than just this brain. We have, um, and I like to look at a a whole person. Mm -hmm. So we have a brain, we have a heart, which is super powerful. We have a gut instinct. And women, we have a womb. Mm -hmm. You know, a creative center in which life can be birthed from. And so when I think about um, this bridge, I think that most of the time we are used to being in our head. And by being in our body and bringing our attention out of our head and into our body, we bridge between the head and the heart. And the heart. I actually brought some facts with me <laughs> because I want you to know about how powerful the heart is. So the Heart Math Institute is doing yes. incredible, incredible research and work around like really what is the function of the heart beyond pumping blood around our body? And there's a couple of things here that I just I just want to kind of FYIs. So the heart sends more information to the brain then the brain sends to the heart. So there are more ascending neural pathways that are related to the heart and the cardiovascular system than any other. So actually when we feel things, cause we feel first and think second, that feeling from our heart informs our brain as to what to do. Fact number two. The heart's energy is said to reach about three feet outside the physical body and can be detected by another person sitting nearby via an electrical, uh, an ECG, like an electrical cardiogram. So, you know, when you kind of sat next to someone and you can kind of pick up like whether they're feeling good or not, that could be from like the, the heart field. Um, and of course, we then have mirror neurons, which then like our heart, our heart rates will synchronize with each other. So if we were sat next to each other, our heart rates would be synchronizing and, and calibrating. So they're actually talking to each other. There's there's loads more facts here, but, I, um, but essentially I believe, and there's plenty of research here that our hearts is like a a powerful transmitter not only within our body and and through on a cellular level like how we cultivate the feelings that we are experiencing within our heart and the impact that has on our health but also in how we relate to others and how we impact the world around us so when I so when I think about a bridge I'm I'm I think about a bridge in two ways this kind of if we can get the channel to talk head and heart together, rather than head first, heart second, or our bias towards head. I just wonder what would be possible for who we are as humans on this earth, but but also how we would feel like, and, and what we would do differently if we could just access this um, body wisdom, this heart wisdom in a, in a new way.
0: Wow. I love that research.
1: Did I just get on a soapbox? I think I did just get on my soapbox. About
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Um, maybe you can, um, I don't know if you have a link for the, those. Stuff, but yeah. Maybe you can uh, put that into the show notes. It's super interesting. And, you know, circling back to the dancing and the joy and the fun, because we feel that in our heart and then our heart sends it up to our brain exactly there we go right exactly and there's um if you think about it so if we think
1: about how the brain works you've got neural pathways that are running i like to think of these like pathways through a forest mm-hmm. so we have emotional pathways that are running through our forest like at the forest of our brain that are just the easy ones that that are well trodden. So if you naturally wake up feeling rubbish or, you know, may have a tendency to just feel a little bit less than joyful most days, some of that will be to do with the fact that your brain naturally is Mm -hmm. firing that neuron in that way. And so this process of the daily dance is to and intentionally collect connecting to joy is to start to create a new path through the forest of your brain so that your brain will eventually start firing over that new pathway rather than the one that's been well trodden before so that's why when we're practicing we do it every day um we i committed to doing it for 40 days (laughs) three years later but like but but I have to say that after about eight days, I started to get out of bed differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By about 21 days, I was way more chatty and engaging with people and life around me. And by 40 days, I felt like a million dollars. I felt like a complete goddess. And, um, and it was like nothing had changed except these like small moments in a daily practice. So intentionally accessing this feeling tone. Also, when you do that, you're accessing the placebo effect.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're
1: like telling your body already that it, it, it's going to feel joy. So, um, and through that, your brain is already getting ready to do it.
0: I'm curious about the 40. So, I mean, I have my relationship <laughs> with, with with 40 days from mm-hmm. the Kundalini tradition, but I'm curious about your relationship to 40 because you also have a podcast that is 40 for tea. Yeah. And you said before that you reached out to 40 women no, for a toy song. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is 40 for you? You know, I think when
1: I, it's funny, isn't it? Because 40 is quite a significant number in many stories as well. And I have to say it literally just was a number that came to me much mm-hmm. like, say so 40 for tea um came to me in a meditation and it was like and if you think about like in like christian tradition maybe in lent or something like that that's 40 days and 40 nights and maybe that got it brainwashed into me somewhere along the line and that's why i don't know um but it feels like a good number and i think at the time i was i had not long turned 40 mm-hmm. so i think that that probably had something to do with it it's a good number because you Know actually to really build a habit, you want to be going for 60 days.
0: Um, so yeah, I'm not sure that's yeah, a very yeah, good like, no, guess. it is great. Like, then that's what it is. Like, in, in in Kundalini yoga, we do a lot of like the first, like, when you do a meditation, the first kind of time frame is 40 days, mm-hmm. right? Um I wonder where that comes from, then. Why? Is- well, they say there's also it's also about a habit, right? And it's also about um, change, starting to change the chemistry and the neural pathways and all that, right? Yeah. Um, um, so I always find that and numbers in general super super interesting, right? And sometimes we have um, relationship to numbers that we don't even know. But I was, and I think it's it's great that you have, yeah, whatever the meaning is. But I thought it's it's um, it's really interesting.
1: Something quite nice about, um, you know, you kind of go, oh, i do it for a week or a month. Like Mm -hmm. a month feels – I don't know why. It was like I wanted it to be my number Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than it be a number of – because I think sometimes we go, oh, we'll we'll do this for the month and Mm -hmm. then next month, I, you know, like I'll give up alcohol for a month. (laughs) And it's like you're counting down the days till you can do the thing again rather than this, which is – so if
0: for the listener, I would say, choose a number that's compelling to you. Exactly. And I think that's, again, like we talked about reframing, and I think it also is about meaning and intention, mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I, mean, I think, yeah, and for me, it's always that. And I think, I, I love what you said, you know, you said 40 days, and then you're along three years later. And <laughs> I also think, you know, maybe it's seven days and see what happens, you know, and then, and then maybe after seven days, you do another seven days <laughs> and see yeah. what happens, right? Um, but Definitely. I think it's also that thing of um, a little bit what you said about the, the accountability. Yeah, right? which is
1: really important when you're forming a daily habit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, shall I share a little bit about kind of quick Please. ways to form habits? Please. So first, have something that is so easy that that you just can do it. Like, it's no problem at all. So for example, if you wanted to get healthy, you don't want to go and run 5K every day, but you could like do 10 star jumps before you go to the loo in the morning. So it's something very small, very small, like that feels too easy. The next is to attach it to a habit you already have. So for example, if you have if you clean your teeth every day, or um, if at lunchtime you always do a certain thing, or at night you might, I don't know, have a ritual before you go to bed, you want to attach it to something you already do. And then the next thing is you want to be able to give yourself a reward afterwards, because the brain, like, then it triggers this kind of reward hormone and it then says okay that was great it's a bit like a like on social media yeah. you know so you want to then have so for example i had my meditation then i would dance and then after that i would make my morning smoothie or coffee whatever i was having so i had like this kind of reward afterwards and then i would start my day if i did it in a different order it never worked so, so you're wanting, those are kind of the three key things. Then the final one is have some kind of accountability. Mm-hmm. So that can look like a cross in a calendar every day, like a running total. Like I did it, I've run that, done that for a week or it could be posting it on Instagram or it could be sending it to your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, posting it on Instagram was a real, I was committed to breaking my negative self-talk. And I was like, I, um, I need to do something. So that was mine. But that was probably could be a really big thing for a listener. And you could just have a friend, a buddy or someone go, done it today, done it today and and hold it in that way. So so those are the big things. That, and the only other thing I'd say is if you miss it by one day, Just get straight back on it the following day. There's no room to go, ah, I I failed. I can't do it anymore. No. You just say, get straight back on it tomorrow. It's fine. Keep going. That's not a permission to like skip a day, by the way, but
0: life happens. And sometimes life does happen. So, yeah. Uh, You know, back to um, the 40 days in, um, and not only with the 40 days, but, you know, in Kundalini, we have all these different days and then said 90 days and 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 whatever and there it is like if you miss a day you start by day one. Oh, right so that's, <laughs> so that's, that's like, like
1: is that like, punishment? like yeah, punishment yeah you
0: know and then for me it was like you know this is like very like <laughs> it's a little bit like punishment so I don't really like it but I do like the fact of like you know no big deal I'm not going to beat myself up that I missed mm-hmm. it I'm just going to go right back on it right I think that's um it's a little in a way I think emotionally and mentally healthier than like, you know, like gonna say I'm gonna do it for thirty days and then by day twenty-nine I'm like (laughs) ooh, yeah,
1: yeah. Discipline, isn't it? Like, I think like there's this thing about like creating a habit creates a discipline, but I also think this it's so easy for many of us women to find a thing to make ourselves wrong about or to be deeply critical of ourselves for and so that's when I really want to say like just be kind Mm -hmm. you know if you're kind of giving yourself the runaround, but you know there's I think this kind of thing of punishing ourselves or pushing ourselves or really being critical of ourselves is so last season it's
0: so (laughs) so last
1: season there's too much
0: going on like out there we need to you know yeah it's very young and we need to find the softness right Mm -hmm. Uh, and embrace um can I ask you about um
1: with the kundalini mm -hmm. so I've only done kundalini yoga a few times Mm -hmm. when I went it was because I love the singing yes and um just like the dancing where I felt awkward in my body I really can't sing (laughs) yes but I really love to chant, mm-hmm. and I really love back to yoga. And I'm wondering for you, like how, like, do you do that? The singing aspect of it, and how has the, if you do, like, what's the vibrational impact been? Like, you know, the music and the sound is so important to
0: the body too. It's um, a really good question because Kundalini like literally healed me from my singing drama because <laughs> <laughs> I had this. You know, traumatic experience at 10 years old where I was completely bullied by my then teacher because I had to sing in front of the class, but was never able to practice in class. But I had then for the exam, sing. And of course, and I couldn't, like, I I was completely off key, and he would completely, you know, bully me about it. Mm. Anyway, fast forward a few years, um, you know. At one point, I remember, I, I think I told my ex-husband, who is Asian, and, you know, karaoke is a big part of the culture. <laughs> and I'm like, you will never get me to sing, in a way, right? And then another, like, a few years later, I, you know, go into a kundalini class, and I'm like, I'm moving, I'm dancing, I'm singing, I'm moving. I'm like, wow right Mm -hmm. and then I I suddenly realized it's not it's not about the right or wrong key it's exactly what you say it's about the vibration and it's also about the throat chakra about my voice about my truth about getting it out there Mm -hmm. and now I'm you know in front of a class (laughs) yeah exactly and in front of a class I tune in and I sing when nobody else is singing and it's and it's a very healing aspect of it. Um, and, you know, the, yeah, and I, it's similar to the dancing. I feel there is, there is shame, there is shyness, there is experiences we've had in the past. And then when we, when we go into it with a different intention maybe as well and use it um, as a healing thing, it can be so
1: powerful. It, it's so true. It's so true. And, and I think that, um, you know, as you were talking about your journey through the singing, I was thinking about the journey through the dancing mm-hmm. and, and how the shifts took place along the way. And if you watch the dances, you can see my body kind of slowly unwinding over the weeks and months where I felt you can like you can see if you look, I like I'm moving a bit more clunkily. And then later there's more freedom. I'm moving slower, or there's an opening that's happening. And I think in that journey of kind of just being in the discomfort mm. of what, what this essentially is, is our relationship with ourselves mm. and how we think the world, how we think we should be versus where we are we can unwind our own stories
0: and and it's totally and i feel like it's also about the internal experience versus the external yeah experience yeah you know more about the intern like what we experience on the inside no matter what happens on the outside instead of being defined by the outside experience yeah, so true. I mean, and I think that,
1: I mean, that really, like, for me, that's like a gold dust comment in, in that we are, we can so often what live our world from the external to the mm-hmm. internal, right? And all of my work is about moving from the internal to the external. And, and how, like, where is it that we're stopped that means that we are looking for the external to approve or to impact what we're doing? When we move from the inside out, Mm -hmm. that means that the world outside can't really touch us. Mm -hmm. And and so this is when we start to get to a place where we're truly connecting to our own truth and our own power. And, And from that place, we can operate with what's happening in the external world. And there's a lot happening. And so I feel really emotional saying it, but I, you know, like this is why I continue to dance and why I continue to work with people to move from like you do from instead of the outside in, like really moving from the inside out. And that's that's dance, but that's also voice. That's also self-trust and Mm -hmm. confidence
0: and freedom to be who we really are. And I think with that also what you, you know, earlier on when you said about the posting it on social media and how it became easier, mm. the word freedom came to me, yeah. right? Because then suddenly it's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. That's freedom,
1: right? Right, exactly. That is, I mean, that is freedom because then you get to just live your life for who you are and who you, who you want to be. If you're living from a place look. I love dance. like I want to be connected to my body. I'm curious about places where I'm stopped, where I feel inhibited by the external world. And I go there and I'm like, I want to break down those walls that keep me confined. And, and maybe not everyone does want to do that, and and not everyone will have it to do with their body or to do with joy they might have it to do with speaking up in a room or um or something else yeah. but i but yeah like this is the place where life gets interesting mm-hmm. where you can dance on the edges of your own comfort zones where we can dance on the edges of our own comfort zones i don't know about you but when you know these when you started this podcast for example did you know how to do it? Was it no. in your... <laughs> and this is the beauty. We don't have to know. Like life somehow has told us that we need to know it all and work it all out. Like we don't. We just need to be in it, live it and take one step forward
0: and then another and then another. Absolutely. And I think, and I know you also do, um, you know, leadership is also a big topic for you and the whole... Purpose and power um, and and peace within the leadership. And I think what you also talk a lot about is that self-leadership. Yeah. Right? Is that is that what I'm is that am I connecting that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so
1: yes, I work, I work with like leaders in big organizations that are creating change and vision for humanity in many ways. And we're all leaders. Like I believe that um, leadership starts within. So the foundation of all of everything that I do is around at the level of self. Mm -hmm. So who am I? What's my purpose? How do I connect to my power? What's stopping me connect to my power? And how do I feel centered in order to then engage at the level of relationship? So leading inside relationship leading inside organization or in community and then leading inside the world. And so I think we're all offered leadership,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether we choose. Like I'm sure people are listening, going, well, I'm not a leader. Like, that's not what happens in my place. But I want to suggest or offer that we get to lead our lives if we wish to. And and when we choose that, we choose to give up a victim Mindset and that life happens to us. And we start to create and step into a place which is life can happen by us, and I can be active in the response of what's happening in my world, which does mean, in a way, it's a a radical act because we need to be courageous. That might mean we need to say no to things um, or take personal responsibility for our human experience. But I can promise you you will feel way more alive and we need alive people (laughs) in this world who are who are bored of their own shit
0: and want to actually take it on yeah and I mean that's exactly what you did like you know you were you know had a hard time getting out of bed you took your own leadership get out of bed and (laughs) start dancing Mm -hmm. right and then you know the the victim voice, like enough. Yeah.
1: Um, and I sure, you know, like with this victim voice, we all have it. We all have it. We Absolutely. all have it, right? And it is, but it is about noticing it first. Yes, exactly. And don't get me wrong, like that victim voice still appears in my life at times. Most mm-hmm. days, at some point, I want to blame someone else or um, I'm not going to take responsibility for something. But actually, once we start to realize that's what we're doing, we can then go. Oh, how do I do it different?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and I think I think it's also like coming back to not being too harsh on ourselves and mm. not punish ourselves for like, oh no, now I fell into the victim role again. Like, okay, you know, I noticing it. You know, that's the first step. Yeah. And, and then, then see, it and, see what happens next time in a situation like that, right? Exactly. And you know what? If we think
1: about a lot of spiritual traditions and teachings, mm-hmm. um, really it is in awareness where things transform. So you might go, oh, I'm in victim and I need to fix it. I would suggest like you just need to notice it. Yes, I love and, that. And so in that noticing, you get to choose each time. And eventually yeah. you'll get bored of being a victim um, or, um, you know, in a way some of our world is set up to create like this victim mindset. And so, again, I would just say you just have to say stop it. Like, okay, oh, look, I'm there again. Ha, <laughs> ha, And move on.
0: Yeah, and also knowing that this thought pattern or this maybe trigger or, you know, voice has probably not just you know appeared yesterday it's probably been around for a long time and then when we start to noticing it maybe a few times after mm. and then maybe at one point it, like we're in the situation and then we start to noticing it and then at one point we're like oh it's gonna come you know it, it takes mm. time to and to allow that time as well
1: Absolutely. It really does. And I think it's such a great point. And I, and, and you know, it also makes me think about the inner child book that you mm-hmm. were yeah. on your bedstand. And I think that there's, Whilst I've said, like, I took my inner critic on and we all have that voice and this victim aspect, there is a recognition that there is a younger part of all of us that wants tending to. And so there's a balance to be had around, like, also caring for ourselves yeah. and being gentle in those moments and to know when it is that you need to kind of give yourself a hug or call a friend and or drink a nice cacao or whatever you do have a hot bath, Mm -hmm. take a moment just to have your own space. And that other bit, which is saying, I'm not going to dance with this part of me that wants to keep me small and in the same place.
0: I like that. Mm. Maybe also like... Or even maybe dancing with the inner critic. Maybe then the inner critic doesn't get so, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have definitely...
1: You'll see on um, some of my Instagram posts, you'll see that in some of the dances I'm crying and um, I've arrived to that dance angry or upset or stuck or... And through moving, and like just the way I do it is, I listen to the music. I, I would recommend a headset, by the way, to dance, like so that you can hear it, like it becomes a more personal thing. Mm-hmm. But I, as I'm moving my body, I, I can. It's like I'm cleaning the emotions out of my body. It's like a cleaning mm-hmm. the windows of my house, of my mm-hmm. personal inner house, Ooh. that happens. Oh. And so, there, there's so much to this that i didn't really know when i first started that kind of it's a it's an inquiry and a place that i still continue to grow within i was um, just going to think of probably a year from now you're going to know more Right? Yeah. It, right even talking about it thank you so much for asking me to come on because I think that um even in the talking about it you yeah. you start to uncover things and like your reflections around your practices and your relationship with your body help me to really access that information and yeah. I think often we don't share our personal experiences in that way no, um and so that helps you know that it's kind of like I say a problem shared is a problem halved it's not a problem but actually just sharing these things you kind of get
0: new ideas don't you for sure how do you so when you started you asked for the women's for their choice song how do you choose your 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 music now I still do the same. Like literally, every single person I meet,
1: I ask them what their song is. So, <laughs> um, so I, I would love to ask all of your listeners to send me okay. their joy song. So I don't know how we do that, okay. but whether we can perform yeah. in or like maybe you and I can talk about that. And I, but it's just it's literally that, um, and and that's the whole thing is I want I want it to be a person's song when you choose when it's a song that hasn't been chosen by someone almost the nature of the way that i move changes so, so pers- it's really nice like it's like sending a thank you card to someone in some way like as a metaphor so yes please um i would love more joy songs and i need people's names their joy song and where they are in the
0: world very good. I'll put that also into the show notes and we'll, you know, we'll send you maybe, maybe they can send it to you on Instagram or however we'll, we'll figure that out. The two of us and we'll put in the show notes and I'll also put in the intro and in the outro. Amazing. You amazing. Hopefully, my now. digital will be working by then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be out Mercury Retrograde. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I do want to ask you what's your favorite tea. I know you're drinking decaf Earl Grey right now. I am. I'm.
1: I have. I, I'm drinking decaf Earl Grey in a uh, in a beautiful ceramic mug that I that bought in beautiful. Byron Bay by a oh, ceramic wow. artist called Brooke Clooney, um, and I absolutely love that area of the world. And um, so she made that, and I actually t- carry this um, mug everywhere in the world that I go so that I have something that's kind of mine, even if I'm traveling light. Um, And my favorite tea is, to be honest, I really like a really good English breakfast tea, like just a really, if I'm overseas, I would probably just grab a kind of Yorkshire tea or something like that with, um, I'm not supposed to be drinking cow's milk at the moment. So it kind of impacts it. So that would be my kind of go-to um at the moment I have a ruby red like it's like a Boss, mm. um which is from Taiwan so it's kind of a and you know when you get I feel like with coffee we've all become connoisseurs of like what's good coffee but we still go for tea bag tea and actually tea is just like wine in terms mm. of how like the wide range of flavors you can get so um I would definitely well I want to talk loads more about tea but um tea is something that is like a plant
0: medicine in many ways I discovered this Roy Bosch Earl Grey tea oh lovely yeah it's really delicious because then I can have it in the evening
1: Mm.
0: absolutely love it Mm. <laughs> glad we also covered that <laughs> yes, I'm
1: glad we got the, tea, the tea thing covered I mean of course because in my podcast exactly the That's first like- thing that I always ask all my guests is what's your tea and I have to say a couple of people have turned up with coffee <laughs> and I've been like no, no 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 we need to start again <laughs> go away put the kettle on and come back um but because you know so for me tea is about slowing down Yeah, And it's about slowing down, becoming present and being together. And if we were in person, I would have brought a teapot so that we could drink from the same cup. And I think, you know, when I started um, like designing and thinking about the principles of 40 for Tea, it was life was moving very fast for all of us. It was pre-COVID. And I was like, we need to slow down, like Mm -hmm. we need to come together in a new way. And for just me, just have a cup of tea. You know, tea is one of those things. Does it, I don't know if it happens in your traditions, but, you know, in the UK, if anything happens, mm-hmm. we go and put the kettle on. Like if a big oh. thing happens, we just put the kettle on. And it's that pause, that natural pause to kind of take a breath before we embark on whatever it is that needs to happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's why it's so, so interesting because I think in the UK, it's so much more of the culture, like here in Switzerland, not so much. I mean, I love tea, mm-hmm. but it's not part of like a tradition. Mm-hmm.
1: So what, I mean, but you must have something that happens when, you know, like that, like brings you together into a moment. <laughs> you know, like in South Africa, I they think, have a I brunch, think,
0: you know? uh, Yeah, I think that's what happens here. I think if we go for, it's like the aperitif, it's like the apéro. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. I think it's like the it's like the five o'clock glass of white wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. I that's, I think that's a swear Swiss thing. Yeah. And
1: that's it, isn't it? It's like just these small rituals mm-hmm. that we can, that can just bring us back to presence and mm-hmm. bring us back to togetherness yeah. and in, in a world, which is moving quickly. Um, it's quite easy to lose our center. And so these small rituals are great ways, whether it be tea or an Aperol or uh, just taking three breaths, just yeah. bring us back to where am I, what's happening,
0: what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Or put on a good song and dance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, Thank you so much, Rachel. Is there anything else that... um we didn't talk about we will, of course, link your website and your Instagram, and we put the call to action about sending you a song. Yes, please. Um, um, yes, the only thing
1: that I think might be useful is, um is to talk to the listener a little bit about if you try the dancing or you come reach out to me and join something that I'm up to, that um like how to overcome the shyness mm-hmm. around around dancing. And there are a couple of things that I thought about um, which I think really help. Um, The first is to lean into the discomfort, to notice that you're feeling uncomfortable, but to kind of go, I'm going to commit to this for a period of time and just hold an open inquiry about what changes for me. Uh, The second is close your eyes, listen to the music, but don't look at yourself. Like just close your eyes and and feel like where's the music moving you and just be and be in that space. Always choose or get songs that someone else has suggested um, if you really want to intend for joy. Um, and also finally, just know it's a process. So um, we're coming back into relationship with ourselves through dancing and moving in this way. And it's in a way, it's a bit like dating, you know, <laughs> like, but better <laughs> um, in, in the, you yeah. know, we are, we're wondering who we are again. Mm-hmm. And because we have been so focused on our head and our rational aspect, what well, what well, I'm now inviting is that we come into our more uh, feeling aspect so we can create this bridge between our body and our mind and and so through that it's a process we've done decades of brain practice now we're going to take our time to become reacquainted with who we are within and when we do that like we're so much more available to life and everything that's around us and to
0: be honest it's just a lot more fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> what perfect ending words <laughs> thank you so much Rachel um I'm so glad we made it work and um yeah thank you Mm, thank you
1: so much it's been a real pleasure um I hope this is the start of many conversations that we have actually and um and thank you for just being with me on the dancing journey you know when I put those posts out I didn't know what was going to happen. And so many women around the world reached out and said, like, I want a bit of that. And that's captivating. And I did it because I felt like shit <laughs> or I felt really bad. And um, it's a practice to have joy. So thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> How motivated and inspired are you to start dancing (laughs) I am I started this morning with dancing before recording this outro after my conversation with Rachel yesterday and I loved so much about our conversation also the combination of the honesty the authenticity The research she shared um, from the HeartMath Institute and what's happening in our mind and in our heart and all that, I think that's super fascinating. And also all the information about building a habit. And you'll also find the link to the book she mentioned, um, Atomic Habits, in the show notes. And of course, many other things. And (laughs) most important, send Rachel your choice song. So you can do that via Instagram or via email. Both is in the show notes and um, she will dance for you. And best thing, you dance as well. (laughs) And I'm curious to hear if... You will incorporate it into your day. We talked about it in the morning, but really it doesn't matter. Maybe it's an afternoon break, and maybe you're committing to 40 days, maybe you're try it for five days, who knows? But let us know, and yeah, just dance, feel the joy, feel the bridging between the heart and the mind and as always thank you so much for being here send this podcast to your friends your family your colleague your neighbor whoever so that we can spread the word of this thing called life curation which is the creative process called life of pulling different things together and make the beautiful artwork, ours, which is called